like the white people in the documentary, it is very hard to talk about race. And I tremble before you because I'm going to make mistakes. But I'm going to model that we should not not talk about it, that we should know that we're going to make mistakes. That's just what it is. And that's not new to us. We agree to come together and be different and step on each other's toes. We should add that to our covenant. Oh, by the way, wear steel-toed shoes, please. (laughs) So we're talking about consolation and desolation, and I want you to know that we're part of 650 other Unitarian Universalist congregations who are talking about race in the United States either this Sunday or last Sunday. So there was a lament. There was a cry. There was a, we are drowning and need your help plea. There have been many, actually, from those Unitarian Universalists who have skin color that is not white. And sometimes their cries are effective and sometimes they're angry and off-putting and sometimes they are they're just like all of us when we're in pain we just cry out and say I need your help well they've gone a step further and said I need your help and by the way here are 50 pages of teaching information should you need them they're not going to put us out here by ourselves so they've asked us to talk about what's going on in our association. So those of us who are going to GA or The Point or bother to read the UU World magazine know that something happened in the last couple of months, and that is there was a, um, a job opening. And there were two candidates. One was a woman of color and one was a white male. And the region hired the white male. So that created, in all the ways that it's wonderful and all the ways that it's terrible, a kerfluffle on social media. But it's worth paying attention. Hiring practices and personnel issues, I hesitate to wade into it and say what's right or wrong. You never know really what's underneath it all. At the same time, it is worth looking at who has leadership in our association, who has leadership in our church. So I did go to the Capitol with um, four other HOPE members Monday, and that was a view of who has leadership in our state. And not to pick on you, but it was a sea of white men in suits there were a few people of color. So it matters. It begins to matter when you can't see when, like Marley Diaz says, you know, everything you're giving me to read does not have a perspective that is any broader than this. I need it to be this. And the Unitarian Universalists who are of color or indigenous are saying we love who you are and there's a lot within this bandwidth 
but you need to be doing this to welcome us. And what they're saying is, we're going to use some language that has made many uncomfortable, and that is, they've been saying that the white culture that we swim in, and because we swim in it, many of us, not everyone, but many of us don't see it. We don't notice that every book we choose is by a white author. Or we don't notice that when we go to the Capitol that most of the people there are white, just because that's how it is. They are asking us to notice. So one of my beloved elders here said, oh, please, we can't take on another new project. And I would say this project of paying attention to who someone else is is the same project we've had from day one. That it's our job to get to know people, to know their experiences, and to notice who's not welcome and who's not at the table. So those who are lamenting are you, you people of color and indigenous have asked us to use a word that talks about how supreme the white culture is. So Steve, if you'll change the slide. They've asked us to use a word that has made people quiver, and that is white supremacy. And what they're saying is, this is not a new term. This is not something Unitarian Universalists have come up with. Those who've been studying and dealing with race in academia and uh, sociologists, anthropologists, white supremacy culture is a term that is at least 15 years old. But I thought, if we don't know what the language is that everyone else is using, then we're just hiding ourselves. So yes, this pyramid. So at the top is what we tend to think of as white supremacy, lynching, the KKK. And what they're asking is for us to look beneath all the ways the system is the ocean in which we swim, that we don't notice. The fact that Marley Diaz has to advocate for books that, rec that show who she is. So what they're asking us to do is pay attention to our systems. There's been uh, an incredible dialogue online between ministers. It's been fraught and hard to watch, and it's made me think, so how much of my formation as a minister is swimming in this white supremacy? How much of the books I had to read of the going to the MFC and taking... Uh, a psychological test? How race-blind was that psychological test? I don't know. How many of the things that they say a minister should be, which is meet someone where they are? That's our job. Is when we're a chaplain and you say, my world has fallen apart and this is what I'm thinking, I don't then try to go, oh, you know what? Your theology is wrong. You need to believe this. I'm supposed to meet you where you are. What if meeting you where you are means I don't see why people of color are having a problem? Or this term, white supremacy culture, I, I won't use it. I hesitated. I had a long discussion with my worship committee whether we should even use this term, and I think we're being asked to look at it. So if you are uncomfortable with it, that's, that's fine. 
but it's what many who deal with race look at race and in our UU world are using. And I find this pyramid helpful. Oh, okay. All the stuff on top that I see as white supremacy really is only what's immediately visible. It's all this below the surface, subliminal, built into systems um, that I don't see, that I'm being asked, that we are being asked, that I ask as Hope Church that we pay attention to on all our committees, who we hire, who we ask to volunteer, who we bring on our board. And it's not just about race. It's about all those differences. It's about LGBTQI. It's about, it's, it's the work we have always been doing. But we have to keep cracking open further. Oh, I see. Oh, wait. No, I Oh, oh, there's more to see. That we should always be going, ah, oh, I didn't see that. No one person can see everything. There is a, um, a group who asks that we consider having an eighth principle. So we have seven principles that our congregation and all the UU congregations are part of. And the eighth one reads like this. We, the member congregations of the Unitarian Universalist Association, covenant to affirm and promote journeying towards spiritual wholeness by working to build a diverse, multicultured, beloved community by our actions that accountably dismantle racism and other oppressions in ourselves and our institutions. So we have a task force. We've been looking at, at, at our LGBTQ, how to become a welcoming congregation, and I think that work can't stop. And that we, once we get accredited, that we uh, consider having an eighth principal task force so that we're always asking ourselves, where are we not paying attention to someone's color of skin, to someone's other experiences? What are all the small little decisions that matter? I'm not saying we have to become uh, some ratio of color, but I do think we need to look at what might it be that keeps anyone from feeling like they belong here. There's a lament by many Unitarian Universalists, and I'm asking that we hear their lament and we consider using their language because they have things to teach us. May it be so. And I have handouts for the afternoon. Match. <laughs>